0: Elderberry is a well-known immune tonic, but did you know that it also had a rich history of use medicinally throughout the world and a fascinating folklore in European mythology? In this week's story hour, we will tell the tales of the elder tree and how its various parts, including the elderberry, the leaves, and the bark, have been used throughout history. This excerpt comes from Matthew Wood, one of my favorite herbalists, he's very well known in the community, and he's the author of numerous wonderful books on herbs, uh, especially on the topic of traditional western herbalism. This comes from his book, The Book of Herbal Wisdom. I hope you guys enjoy. The lore surrounding the Black Elder is immense and mysterious. Legends lie thick about its humble branches. All parts of the plant have been used in folk medicine, sometimes in slightly different ways. The traditional medicinal uses were recorded in a wealth of detail by martin blondwich in 1633 modern authors continue to contribute significant insights and the homeopathic literature is not so small it is difficult to know where to begin with this medicinal plant so let's begin the story with the little elder mother elder is endowed with a heavy somewhat narcotic and rank smell shakespeare called it the stinking elder this exhalation has a mild influence on the mind and senses The plant is considered slightly psychoactive, and this undoubtedly contributed to the many mysterious traditions associated with it. There are a variety of species of the elder tree, giving the fruits elderberries. The most prominent species in Europe is the black elder, the Latin name is Sambucus nigra. There also is the North American elder, which is Sambucus canadensis. Traditionally speaking, the medicinal effects of both of these plants are similar. The generic name Sambucus comes from the Latin term for musical instrument, the panpipes, which were originally made from the hollow stems of the stream. Anything which was held in the hand of the lord of the hunt, the guardian of the animals, and the spouse of the lady of the underworld, ought to be powerful indeed. Plinius says that the country people thought the most shrill and haunting music was made by the Sambuca. In northern Europe, the elder was associated with a powerful female being called the Elder Mother, the Hildmor, or the Lady Elhorn. It was considered a potentially fatal mistake to pick the plant without making an offering. The most common practice was to ask for some of the plant in exchange for notifying the elder mother that one's body would eventually be returned to the earth. In England, elderwood crosses were placed on the new grave in hopes that it would bring the departed person peace. They are also affixed to doors and windows to disappoint the charms of the witches, as Blatchwitch says. Elder is one of the most significant trees in the underworld lore of Western Europe. The gist of the legend says that the elder serves as a doorway to the underworld or magical fairy realm. The tree is sometimes identified directly with the queen of the netherworlds or occasionally the king. These persons are sometimes said to dwell in the elder tree or again, a historical person may be identified with a particular elder tree where he or she was taken into the underworld. It is considered perilous to fall asleep under an elder. One may be stolen to another world and not necessarily returned. Hans Christian Andersen incorporated the lore of the elder into his fairy tales. In The Daughter of the Marsh King, he describes an extensive, impenetrable fen, in the midst of which there was a lake. An elder tree bends down over the lake. We learn variously that here the Marsh King has his throne, or that the elder is the Marsh King himself, or that the tree is the door to the underworld, where the Marsh King rules. Through this door a desperate mortal woman is driven. She becomes the captive of the Marsh King. The story revolves around the daughter of the woman and the king. She must assimilate her human and supernatural origins, her pagan and Christian roots, and redeem her mother from captivity. In The Little Elder Mother, the tree serves Anderson as a metaphor for the poetic genius, the origin of fairy tales. A little boy who has been slashing around in puddles all day is given a cup of elder tea by his mother and sent to bed. The old man boarding upstairs drops by and is implored to tell a fairy tale. It is not entirely clear whether he tells a story or the boy falls into a light dream. The little elder mother takes him on a journey to faraway lands in the south. When the story is over, or the boy awakens, he comments that it is hot in the southern regions. His mother, noting the perspiration on his skin, agrees that he has been in hot countries and is satisfied that her herbal tea has done its work. The name elder has been traced to an old English word, eld, meaning fire, This is thought to relate to the use of the hollow stem as a smoking tube, or perhaps a tube to blow on newly kindled fires. Elder pipes were probably used for leechcraft and priestcraft. However, a more mundane idea may have been behind this fiery name. After all, elder is an herbal remedy for fever. When Christianity appeared, elder came to be associated with both Jesus and Judas. After his crucifixion, Jesus went down into the underworld to free the souls of the dead who had been stored there during ages past. This is a recurrent motif in folklore, called the harrowing of the underworld. The elder, as tree doorway to that realm, was a natural addition when the story of Jesus reached Europe. The underworld in its negative phase, as the abode of the unfortunates who stray from their paths and get caught by powers greater than themselves, fits the story of Judas perfectly. According to tradition, the person who journeys into the underworld is faced with three choices. It is possible to remain in that enchanted world. Another choice is to take the difficult road of return to Middle Earth, or ordinary reality. On this road, one becomes a mediator of gifts from the magical realm to everyday society. The last choice is to take the easy road that some say leads to heaven, but others say leads to hell, as expressed in the ballad of Thomas the Rhymer. The spiritual gifts gained on this journey can entice an individual so that they are put to personal use and one falls into a state of spiritual corruption. The imagination is often ignored by people concerned with making a living amid the dust and thorns of the material world, but it is the channel of communication from another dimension. Tubular plants such as Elder and Angelica have long been associated with the shamanic journey to the underworld in Eurasian folklore. The taboos surrounding the Elder probably originate in a remote period when it was still understood that it was not safe to accidentally journey into the netherworld in imagination or dream. Despite these cautions, Elderwood was used for a variety of purposes. Small crosses are made from branches cut between the joints, and bound together by red string, or sometimes red bark. The wood is gathered on the last day of April. This is also an excellent day to gather the leaves for medicine. As Blotschwitz says, "...the common people keep as a great secret in curing wounds the leaves of the elder, which they have gathered the last day of April." Planting an elder in the corner of an herb garden is considered to be beneficial to the medicinal plants growing there because the elder serves as a sort of tutelary spirit for herbs. The stinking leaves are also thought to repel insects. It is, however, much more difficult to transplant an elder into the garden than one would suppose. One of my friends found out by experience. She went out in her woods, identified a small elder, and enlisted a friend to help dig it up. She is an experienced woodswoman and herbalist, so the adventure which followed was rather strange. I don't know how Elder did it, but after digging for 45 minutes, when we had almost had it out of the ground, we found that it was another kind of bush. Hippocrates, Plinius, Dioscorides, and Galen gave accounts of the medicinal properties of Elder. The Hippocratic writers relied upon it in a wide variety of uterine problems. Dioscorides used the black and dwarf elders interchangeably. There is ye same virtue and use in them both, drying, expelling water, yet bad for ye stomach. The leaves and stalks taken as pot herbs purge phlegm and choler. The root is good for edema and viper bites. It also softens ye matrix and opens ye passages and sets to right ye disaffections about it. Externally, it is used on hot swellings, dog bites, and hollow ulcers. Galen classified elder as drying, gluing, and moderately digesting of corrupt material. It is rather surprising that the old authors do not make more of the strong emetic and purgative properties of the plant. The use of these qualities comes over to us from the folk medical side of the tradition. The Renaissance authors, drawing upon popular sources, added many additional uses. Gerard comments, It hath not only these faculties mentioned by Galen, but others also, for the bark, leaves, first buds, flowers, and fruit of elder do not only dry, but also heat, and withhold a purging quality, not without trouble and hurt to the stomach. Dr. Blochwich published a curious little volume in Latin in 1633, translated in English as The Anatomy of Elder. He drew on sources in folk medicine and professional literature to flesh out an account of Elder spanning 230 pages. Elder was so widely used in folk medicine that it was said to comprise an entire pharmacopoeia of the common folk. Shakespeare ranks it with the worthies of medicine. What says my Asclepius, my Galen, my heart of elder? Blatchwich compares it to the premier medicines of the era. What the more sober and learned chemists have attributed to their manifold medicinal mercury, antimony, virtuol, we may admit, admire, and acknowledge in our elder. The account by Blatchwich is comprehensive. He tells us that every part of the plant contains medicinal properties, and that many complaints, from toothache to the plague, can be cured with elder. The dried or fresh leaves, flowers, greener ripe berries, seeds, buds, fresh shoots, inner bark, outer bark, wood, root, and even the fungus growing on the tree were prepared in all sorts of different ways, by syrup, tincture, distillation, extract, wine, oil, etc., etc. Authorities from Hippocrates down to this period are cited by Blochwich. He also credits the common women who keep their knowledge as a great secret. Elder continued to occupy a place of importance in the Herbal Materia Medica and has, even in the last decade, reasserted its old position of importance as a popular remedy for the flu. Among the modern authors, Dr. Edward Shook gives a detailed account. As in the European tradition, the American plant came to be used, part by part, in different ways. In domestic medicine, this plant forms almost a pharmacy in itself, comments Millspa. Some of the curious traditions surrounding the great tree were carried over to the New World. J.I. Lighthall, the great Indian medicine man, denounces the idea that the bark peeled upwards causes vomiting while it purges when peeled downwards. He says the difference is due to the size of the dose. In large doses it will vomit, and in smaller ones act as a gentle purgative. He still records the different uses of the flowers, hot or cold. Take the flowers and make a hot tea, and give it freely, and it will produce sweating. Take the same amount and give it cold, and it will run off on the kidneys. In American herbalism, the berries came to be used as a blood tonic in anemia. This is perhaps one of the few differentiating points in the Old and New World traditions. The inner bark made into a salve is used to break up congealed blood and swellings. Peter Smith says a cold decoction of the stalks is a good remedy for boils because they cool the blood. The pith is used as a moxa by the Native Americans, and the hollow stalks have been used as a medicinal smoking tube in America, as well as Europe. Now that we have a good view of the historical tradition of use of the elder, let's get into some of the medicinal properties that it has been used for. Elder has a deep action on the respiratory tract, digestive organs, and the pores of the skin. It is an ancient remedy for opening the lungs and bringing up mucus. Homeopathy notes that it is beneficial for children who wake in the night, gasp for air, can't breathe, turn blue, retain a blue look in the face. It is sometimes used for a childhood croup. The respiratory effect, combined with the diaphoretic capacity to open the pores of the skin and bring on perspiration, points to its use in preventing or curing recent flus, coughs, and colds. It acts both ways, to bring on perspiration when the pores are closed and the skin is red and hot, or check immoderate moderate sweating with cold surface. It also has a positive effect on many kinds of skin problems, including rosacea, eczema, and boils. Elder was long used as an emetic and purgative to stimulate the stomach and bowels. Here the tubes also come to mind. In smaller doses, it acts as a tonic restorative and antispasmodic, soothing and toning the tissues of the digestive tract. It possesses a mild nervine relaxant property, which makes it appropriate in stomach problems, indigestion, bloating, and gas, colic, and even convulsions. Elter increases activity and the secretion, so that materials are moved along at a better rate. Digestion is enhanced, congestion and stagnation are removed, and the portal circulation is opened up. This gets heat and congestion out of the deep interior from around the intestines, decongests the liver, and moves the stool. It is not necessary to induce vomiting or purging to get sambuca to act gently and slowly to improve these kinds of conditions. Elder has a mild sedative effect on the nerves, augmented by its ability to sedate heat and irritation. It has been used for, quote, wild ravings and wakefulness, as Blatchwish tells us. This also reflects the relationship to journeying and imagination. Very often, it will settle the heart, spirits, and blood, reducing the pulse somewhat in frequency and force. Finally, Sambucus acts upon the great concentration of tubes, the kidneys, to stimulate activity. It is used to remove edema, especially in the legs and ankles. If there was only one indication I could give for Elder, it would be the puffy, mottled aspect of the skin, so that there is a look of fullness with reddish-blue marbling over pale surface. Boric gives a good account of the respiratory symptoms associated with Sambucus nigra and homeopathy. The child is easily frightened, wakens with fear, suffocating, starts with fear, is not easily placated, is sensitive to impressions and images, which frighten. The child wakes with a sense of suffocation around midnight, is frightened, cannot breathe, face blue and clammy, or dry with heat and redness, suited to the sniffles of infants, nose dry and stuffy. The child cannot breathe when at the nipple, due to stuffed nose, sweating during the day, dry heat of the skin at night, extremities cold, blue, swollen." Matthew would continues in order to chronicle the innumerable uses of Sambucus, let us take a look at the various uses of the different parts of the plant, then the conditions, which Blotchwich and tradition down to the present associate with the plant Elder flowers. the properties of the flowers change according to whether they are fresh or dried or served hot or cold. The fresh flowers are more purgative. They likewise trouble the belly and move the stool. Gerard explains if dried, however, they lose their purgative properties. The vinegar in which the dried flowers are steeped are wholesome for the stomach. Being used with meat, it stirreth up an appetite, cuts through and makes thin the raw humors. They are also prepared as a wine. The vinegar and the wine with the simple infusion are the preparations most commonly used by Blatchwich. The hot infusion of the dried flowers is the preferred preparation to induce sweating and drive out fever. Henry Box, a famous English Quaker herbalist in the early part of the 20th century, states, for colds, influenza, fevers, inflammation of the brain, pneumonia, stomach, bowels, or any part, this is a certain cure. I have never known it to fail, even when given up and at the point of death. He had lived through the perilous influenza epidemic of 1918. It will not only save at the 11th hour, but at the last minute of that hour. It is so harmless that you cannot use it amiss, and so effectual that you cannot give it in vain." Quotes from Shook. The cold infusion of elder flowers is a very fine remedy for sore and inflamed eyes, says Dr. Edward Shook. It is also given as a general treatment for acidity, glandular enlargements, taken internally, and applied outwardly for sprains, bruises, swollen glands, muscular soreness, stiffness, rheumatic pains, and so forth. The leaves. These are more stinking and insipid than the flowers, Blatchwitz reports. The leaves are extremely valuable made into salves or oils for outward applications to wounds, burns, sunburn, bruises, contusions, sprains, and many skin affections. Shook continues. He mentions the use of leaves gathered on the last day of April as a folk remedy for hemorrhage. The leaves, however, are not recommended for internal use because of their nauseous taste and somewhat drastic purgative properties. We find that we get ideal results with the bark and berries and that, therefore, the leaves are not necessary for internal use. The inner bark of the elder tree. The yellow metal inner bark is commended by the signature for yellow jaundice continues the exuberant Blatchwitch. It was widely used as a purgative for the gallbladder, stomach, and intestines in folk and pre-modern medicine. He reports an old folk belief. The commons are fully persuaded, and call experience to witness, that if those middle barks be pulled downward from the tree, it emptieth the body of evil humors by purge. If they be pulled upward, it worketh by vomit. This tradition was still widely kept up until the 19th century America. The bark should be dried and kept for several months before use, says Shook. The fresh bark, like cascara sagrada, is violently irritating and poisonous to children. It causes spasms and cramps more readily than the other parts of the plant, and therefore cures them. Hence, it is used in biliary congestion, constipation, spasmodic asthma, copious phlegm, and stringy mucus, epilepsy. It also acts on cardiac and renal tissues. As a purgative, elder acts on the intestines, but it should be used in smaller doses for a cumulative effect rather than the sudden gush. Gerard has much to say about the use of elder as an intestinal remedy. The tender leaves, taken in some broth or pottage, open the belly, purging both slimy phlegm and choleric humors. The middle bark is of the same nature, but stronger, and purgeth the said humors more violently. It is used to remove choler and watery humors, and especially good for dropsy the leaves and bark are also used locally for swellings or injuries they remove heat and inflammation from infections and boils close cuts and infected ulcers elder cools and decongests the blood by decongesting local accumulations of blood and fluids it opens the channels of the nerves hence has been used for neuralgic pain finally it is good for arthritic pain in older subjects with stagnant blood and fluids now onto the part of the plant that most people know of the elder berries these particularly have a property not found in the other parts of the plant. They are used mostly as a tonic to build up the blood and combat anemia. For this purpose, they may be combined with blackberries. However, both the berries and the oil expressed from the seeds were used for many of the same purposes as the other parts of the plant. Dr. Shook says the berries cleanse and gently purge the stomach and bowels, promote perspiration, remove cold, sore throat, nasal congestion, bronchial catarrh, and asthma, a syrup taken at night, promotes pleasant perspiration, and is a mucus-clearing agent to the chest. Now let's dive into some of the specific effects on the respiratory tract of elder. Elder is an important remedy in pulmonary problems, respiratory problems, from the simple sore throat and hoarseness to asthma and tuberculosis. The infusion of the dried leaves or the syrup of the flowers or berries are specially recommended. Blatchwich describes a simple preparation of elder flowers, berries, or buds with honey and vinegar to help expectoration, or clearing of mucus, where there is shortness of breath and asthma. In respiratory issues where there is a shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, Blatchwich recommends a formula of elder, alicambane, orus root, and fennel seed. He also says that it is good for a wild cough, where corrupt material is expelled and more corruption feared. This is probably a description of tuberculosis. Elder proves sedative to these conditions by removing fever and quieting the nervous system. Elder is used for just about every form of fever, from the touch of flu to the plague. The common people, as soon as they find the first touch of a fever, they take the berries of the elder in vinegar, spirit, or water of the flowers thereof, in order to sweat and remove the initial contagion. It is also beneficial for intermittent fever or flu with relapsing chills. Elder flowers in honey and vinegar may be given before the fit. In addition to this, Elder treats continual and burning fever, where the heat is more intense and great dryness torments the patient. Here it is given often to extinguish the fever, cut the gross and tough matters, purge the humors, and sharpen the recuperating appetite. It is also used to control the spotted fever, including pox and measles, the rash of which indicates the presence in the interior of filthy humors that need to be removed. Finally, Elder was used in the most dreaded fever of all, the plague. "'A little sponge being wet in the vinegar of elder, and carried in a hollow globe made of juniper wood, probably around the neck, and so smelled, mightily strengthened the spirits against the impression of the infectious contagion. Indeed, even just a few drops of the spirit of the flowers taken daily or at the beginning of the plague, pestilence, or spotted fever, can prevent or curtail it. Elder washes were also used on the plague bubo or swollen glands, and on ulcers of the glands.' Blatchewich gives on to give a case history of some kind of plague cured in his homeland. When in 1626 the plague was raging through, and many of the infected were troubled with headaches, ravings, and wakings, a worthy man told me he found no readier help to dissipate those venomous vapors and bring sleep in his own and other bodies than after giving of several medicines to bind their heads about with the flowers of the elder. I hope you guys enjoyed this historical excerpt from the Book of Herbal Wisdom by Matthew Wood. I love how much detail he goes into the historical uses of Elder that go far beyond this use of it simply as an immune tonic. If you enjoyed that information and want to learn more, I strongly urge you guys to check out Matthew Wood, spelled just as it sounds and get some of his books. I use his herbalist books quite a bit when I'm doing research, studying for herbal products I'm making and writing articles on herbs because of just the depth that he goes into the historical uses. Now, these days, it's very fashionable to just cite research in articles written about herbs or just focus on what has been proven. But as we all know, herbs have been used for thousands of years. And those insights that have been gained hard won essentially from consistent use over time are really invaluable. So that's where I like to look a lot. Of course, research is really important for confirming the uses of a plant, but if you don't know what you're looking for, you won't really find it. So I find the historical literature and also the mythological aspects of plants particularly fascinating, and I hope you guys do as well. I also would like to emphasize that these are not medical recommendations. You should always use any kinds of medicines or even herbs under the supervision of a licensed physician. This is not in any sense medical advice, but purely for educational and historic purposes. I find it fascinating that so many different parts of the elder tree, the berries, the bark, and the leaves are used for many different things. And as we went through, the bark and things can actually be pretty toxic in high doses. That's why it's really important to be careful when you're using anything. And as I said, use it under the supervision of somebody who knows what they're doing. Now on to some exciting announcements. First, I'd like to thank everybody who listens to this podcast, everyone who follows. If you like what we talk about here, be sure to subscribe, follow, comment. I'd like to thank you guys for breaking over 1,000 downloads in the past 30 days. That's quite amazing, and it's... So wonderful for the spread of natural healing throughout the world. If you guys are interested in learning more about herbs, especially about those that help for mental wellness, you can check out my website at holisticpsyche.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C-P-S-Y-C-H-E.com. We have articles there about herbs that have long been used for depression, anxiety, many, many different conditions. And I think it's a very helpful resource for people who want to be very educated about their own health and don't necessarily always want to follow the conventional route, especially when it comes to something like mental wellness, where so much of it is psychological and spiritual as well. Also, another big announcement, my herbal supplement company, Kentaros Therapeutics, the website is K T herbs.com the letters k t and herbs.com is now live and offering a variety of herbal products on april 1st we're having our grand launch where we will be unveiling our line of mythical mixtures these are a variety of formulas made for specific organ system support an example of this is the formula blissful soul which contains fresh wild crafted st john's wort milky oats also known as avena sativa which is a very important nervous system restorative agent passionflower, which has long been used for calming the nerves and helping with sleep, and lavender, which has many mood benefits and also is overall calming on the nervous system. We also have a product called Morphean Dream, Peaceful Rest. This one is for sleep support. It's made from valerian, which is a root that has long been used for helping sleep, lavender, as we spoke of previously, chamomile, which is a really good gentle digestive support and also calming in the nervous system, and hops, which is probably one of the least known but most potent sleep remedies. We also have Herculean Strength, this is filled with all of the good adaptogens. These are herbs that help you adapt to stress and deal with the struggles of everyday life, whether they're mental, emotional, or physical. This one has ashwagandha, rhodiola, and Siberian ginseng, which is now usually called eleuthero root. We also have a product called Guardian Angel. This is an overall immune support tincture with many of the wonderful immune supporting herbs within it has a combination of organic echinacea, elderberry, licorice, and astragalus. These are all herbs that are well known for supporting the respiratory system and boosting immunity. Last but not least, we have a new formula called Eros Potion. This one is all for supporting the reproductive system. It has Damiana, Ashwagandha, And it has rosebuds in it for some interesting, delicious flavor. All of these herbal extracts are made with raw honey to give it a nice little taste. And we use organic ingredients. Some of these tinctures actually have ingredients that are fresh from the farm. And we try to use farm fresh ingredients when we can because we believe in the potency of medicine that comes straight from the earth. I started Kentaro's Therapeutics with one idea in mind. How can I spread herbal medicine and herbal healing to as many people as possible. And I've always enjoyed working with plants. I find that it's kind of a spiritual activity in a sense and a bit of a practice. I've found that walking around in nature, learning as much as I can about herbs and being in fields of plants with all their healing powers has been so restorative to me that I want to share that gift with you. These tinctures or herbal extracts are made from a variety of methods. Sometimes we use a heat extraction and sometimes we use a cold extraction. These processes bring out different potencies out of these plants. I like both methods. We also have a line of alcohol-free tinctures that are made from glycerin. These ones are simply delicious, especially our morphine dream. Something about the combination of lavender, valerian, and hops in this sweet base it has such an amazing flavor and i can attest to its benefit in helping with sleep as i use it pretty much every night and i get knocked out pretty quickly so be assured all these products that i'm selling i also use myself very regularly in fact i was just using some herculean strength i added to my coffee to give a little bit more of a boost to my adrenals and also get me through the day it's very helpful and i notice it kind of helps maybe a little bit with the jitters of the coffee I'm not sure could be placebo effect, but I definitely know that it is pretty stimulating and beneficial to all of the stress that we are all under. So thank you guys again for listening. In honor of the free exchange of information, Kentaris Therapeutics is incredibly transparent about where we get our herbs from, which are local farms out here in Oregon, and the ingredients we use, and the processes that we use. We really believe in a high quality. In fact, we call it mythical quality herbal extracts, and we have nothing to hide. So if you guys ever have any questions, you could contact us at info at ktherbs.com. We use local when we can. We always use organic. And when it's in season, we use fresh herbs. And those are my favorite. And this upcoming spring and summer will be a great time for getting all the fresh herbs. There's something about fresh herbs in a tincture that is remarkable. The St. John's wort That I received from a farm who actually got it from the wild and picked it from the wild, when made into a liquid extract or tincture makes this beautiful crimson red uh, liquid and has this amazing floral taste that I have not seen or tasted in any other product that I've had for that reason we try to use fresh when we can finally we are doing a special promotional offer for the month of April for our listeners of the podcast. Every order over $20 on KTherbs.com will get a free one ounce fire cider. This is basically a mixture of a lot of heating pungent herbs, garlic, horseradish, onions, ginger, mixed into vinegar, apple cider vinegar, organic. And this is meant to be a great immune support tonic. It has a long history of use for that purpose. The name is Fire cider. Or we are offering an extract of Ella campaign root, which is a plant that has long been used for respiratory support. In interest of uh, supporting the community during this time, we're offering this free one ounce tincture of either one of these to anyone who gets a $20 or over order. All you have to do is send an email to info at with what you love about herbs the most and maybe some of the herbs that you like to use, or you can just say hi I'm here for the offer and we will make sure that you get a free one ounce tincture of either one of these products as supplies allow. We're pretty limited in supply so this is a short time offer so be sure to jump on that as soon as you can. So come check out our website ktherbs.com and see what we have. Thank you guys so much for listening and I do not do any advertisements on this podcast so far, other than for the things that I'm doing, in interests of spreading the kind of information that I can truly believe in and attest to. It would be very easy for me to use this podcast as a platform to make money, but so far, it's completely free, and I spread it as far as I can because I really believe in the power of natural healing, and I love it, to be honest. So stay tuned for more episodes This week we will be releasing an episode with a naturopathic physician. He's going to be talking a little bit about this virus situation, things you can do to improve your immune system, and a lot of amazing things about gut health, how that relates to immune health, and you guys don't want to miss it. It's uh, Dr. Chandler. He was previously on the podcast talking about integrative oncology, which is cancer treatment. We talked about natural therapies that can be used in conjunction with conventional medicine for people suffering from those terrible conditions. If you like the podcast, Herbal Hour, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, guys, thanks for listening.